At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, listeners. My name is Mark. If you have been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like Grimdark 40k short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey, Eric. I'm Mark. Thank you for joining me, us. And today hey. we have a brand new guest on the show. Hello. Steve. Yes, I'm Steve. Um, I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while now, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's long enough. Long enough to know, you know? the ins and outs. <laughs> that's right. Long enough to hunt us down, find where I lived, and hold us at gunpoint where we are no, currently uh, sitting. Well, I thought we weren't going to share that. <laughs> that's why I have my hands below the table. <laughs> Everyone else does a hand check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Steve actually was our... We've talked a, a little bit about our Lorehammer library yeah. uh, a couple times now, and Steve reached out to me. Oh, geez, it must have been a while. No, I remember I failed the first time. I think it was <laughs> oh, in yeah. December, and I did it on Facebook, and I, I put it up on a few mediums. I think Reddit, <laughs> and I was like, oh... These guys, I remember them talking about a library. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, and you donated like I don't even know how many books to us. I, it's too many to count, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, more than I have fingers. That's right. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I they are waiting to be consumed. Ooh, yes. And I'm looking forward to actually going <laughs> through and making sure I read all of them. <laughs> yeah, just he's like here the, now. The yeah. guy who gave. <laughs> oh <it>. shit! Yeah, <laughs> wait, sorry. Just like the hive mind, <laughs> consume all. Um, but before we actually get into the episode, and today we're doing a listener lore episode, nice. uh, why don't we talk a little bit, I mean, everyone knows about Mark and I and our depravities of the hobby, mm. but uh, how long have you been in the hobby? Uh, well, I'm four years old, so it's uh, 1996. Ooh, that's a long time. Yeah. I was five years, eh? Yeah, actually. Quite, yeah, 27, how many years? I don't know, 25. A long, many years. Math. Do you want to lift the mic up a little bit? Yeah, that, that's a long time to be... Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, 20, 25 years. You can do a lot of hobbying. <laughs> you can collect well, a lot of stuff. Yeah. I Yeah, exactly. You'd think I'd have like 14 armies. You do, right? Well, I do. All fully painted. Right, fully yeah. Painted. Professional standards. Professional standards. I'm, yeah. I've won the golden team in... I can't even, I can't even count. <laughs> Too many times to count. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah. This is a real <laughs> hero of Warhammer. Uh, in our you room. know what? Sometimes you got to take those take those bullets. So <laughs> I, just, I like that you could just say that you've won Golden Demons, and now it's kind of out there. Like, yeah. No I can't show No anyone. one's going to fact check it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, Look me I, up. I've won. 
A golden demon, actually. Oh, that's weird. What year did you win in? 94. I won it in 94. <laughs> Are you? What? Really? I'm pretty sure I won it in 94 as well. <laughs> oh, interesting. At, at my tender age of three, I won a golden Nine, demon. Well, I mean, that's pretty good because I was 14. So you guys, you've got your skill is. I relied on my won. cuteness as a baby to win that competition. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mark Eric was, relied on his touches. Mark was pretty much won. the Gerber baby of Warhammer. <laughs> The, yeah. the the cover. The That's cover right, baby. yeah. He had just a Warhammer piece in his mouth, and he's like, oh. <laughs> Stuck it in, like he came out perfectly painted. That's exactly. I don't yeah. like how it's turning me on, this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that Let's either. move on. Slanesh, Slanesh is deep in this room. So, okay, so you've been in the hobby for a long time. Yeah. Longer than me. Yeah. Longer than Mark. Quite so what, what do you have to show for it? You know, so <laughs> I'm going back to that. So what, what have you collected? Your, That's your yeah, passion. Yeah. What have you collected? What's your favorite thing to do in, in 40K? My favorite, favorite thing to do was gothic. That was like Ooh, my yeah. pinnacle. I have Space Marines fleet. I had a Tyranid fleet. I had an Imperial fleet. I was like, I was like moments away from buying a Tau fleet. <laughs> from Forge World, because the ones from Forge World looked amazing. In- you'd include the Manta, the in Manta, that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, what was it? They had like the um, Explorer class, and then they had like the the mothership that had the crazy like reverse Star Trek disc yeah. on it, right? I think they had the Crew War Sphere too. That yep. was. Oh yeah, uh, I remember seeing. Yeah, that and they had they that. had the battle they had the battle platforms. Yeah. So you had like stationary objects in space and yeah. i love that and so i was like oh so close to getting it and then they discontinued models and then they were like oh well bye goth so, yeah gone sad gone so after after gothic was no longer available to you um i started collecting the books yeah <laughs> and that was my thing because i was in college and then i went back into it uh, when i came out of college i came back to calgary and there's a guy that played mm-hmm. and he played 40k and like i was like oh I've always wanted, like, I wanted to go back into it, so, so I started playing with him, and I did that for about a year, and then he just dropped off, and, like, this was before any, like, they had, like, he was so big into it that he actually had Forge World models, which you didn't see at all. <laughs> he had, like, a Bane Blade, he had a Shadow, a shadow Sword. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, you, like, this is and, awesome. And as a 14-year-old boy, you're like, that price tag, I've never even, ah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. What would I have to do to get that? Yeah. Well, I wasn't in college in 14, but that was oh. a little bit past. Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. 14 was, um, they had so many cool things back then. Even in college, though, I don't think a lot of people have money. So oh, it's god. still, well, like, not, not for Forge World. <laughs> not no, not for Forge, Forge World. World. Yeah. And, like, and I was living in Lethbridge at the time, so they didn't have any good hobby shops that have good selections. So like, I would have yeah. to come back here and hit up the Games Workshop and be like, ugh. Yeah, you pretty much just had to be lucky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely lucky. So, yeah. Um, painting's not my thing. Oh, but me too, man. Yeah, yeah. You can get there <laughs> if you want. I, so yeah. you got to really want it. And <laughs> that's the tough part. Well, I, yeah, that's the thing is um, a couple of models I bought. Like I started building a dark uh, Blood Angels army. And I was super excited about that. And then the guy just stopped playing. And I was like, I need someone to go. We need, I need to go somewhere. And he was just like, yeah, nah, I'm not done with it. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And all my friends were all into like D&D and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Okay. I was like, I mean, it was, wasn't bad, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. So then I, I kind of just fell off for a bit. And then I just, but I kept on collecting the books because I, I loved them. Well, Good reads always nice, eh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, now that you know you're effectively done yes collecting with the, books with the books it's only gonna be a i don't know you're, you're gonna re- need getting some... recycled yeah yeah know? well that's yeah i would rather recycle and give it to some people yeah. that are gonna use it but 
today, am I, like I've told you earlier, I bought Alpharius and a Contemptor <laughs> Dreadnought from Forge World. So now I'm that guy that's like, oh, look at this. It's so amazing. <laughs> but now you just get to buy one-off models that you just get to own for like Ooh. your own satisfaction, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it's yeah. not like you're like, crap, I really need something on my table capable of, you know, putting out large shots. Yeah. So you're forced yeah. to buy now it. You just, crap, I really need this. It's, yeah, exactly, because it looks guy. cool. Well, that's, that's my thing is I do, I do theme armies. I don't mm. like, I don't like power, yeah. I don't like power gaming because I played power gaming with, with people before and it's, I don't enjoy that. I don't want to be yeah. like, well, uh, I'm salamanders, and the salamanders have uh, 5D <laughs> rolls on their flame <laughs> yeah. weapons, and I've got 15 guides with hand flamers, and so... <gasps> Might as well just knock all your models over with dice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I get to reroll those fives. Oh, six, yeah. everyone's dead. Yeah, I I don't think I've heard from any one person that the most fun list they ever played was a meta-performing <laughs> list. Yeah. So, hmm. I'm, I think all of us are with you on that okay, one. Yeah. We prefer the fluff, yeah. for sure. Oh, that's what makes this game so good. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, another thing that makes the gra- this hobby so great Segway it. Come on, where's he going? What's is he that you say? can build stories oh. in the setting yourself. <laughs> yes. Nothing like a little fanfic. Get the blood yeah, flowing. Right. Oh, so, I've never really called our listener lawyers fanfics, but when you call it fanfics, it sounds so much worse. No, no. It's o- okay, I'm totally fine with fanfic yeah. as long as it's not erotic fanfic. Oh, that's the lot. Are you saying if Primaris and Sister can't get it on? Look, <laughs> you know what? Whatever happens in the privacy of your own the imperial given hut, <laughs> you know, that's that's up to you and, and your partner. But uh, <laughs> yeah, for me... I'm not going to be writing any of that. Smut. Oh. <laughs> you know, this is a, as Mark would say, a family-friendly podcast. It's a family-friendly show, yeah. Of course. Fine. <laughs> Makes sense. And there it goes. Yeah. Um, okay, so today in our listener lore, um, we have, Ooh. what, three? Yeah, we got three. We got some Tyranid stuff. We mm-hmm. got some, uh, I think it was like Dark Angel Space Marine stuff. Nice. And nice. we got uh, some Admech stuff, right? I think it's Necron. Oh, we took... Yeah, okay. Necron stuff. Oh, very cool. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through and we're just going to read the story as the person gave it to us. Now, as a little warning before we actually get started, um, some of it might feel a little bit disjointed. There's internal dialogue. There's external dialogue. (laughs) There's warning messages that appear. There's unconscious things that happen. So... (laughs) It might feel a little odd to try and follow along with. And again, um, these are just, we're reading as it was written. (laughs) And not all of us are professional authors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But at least people are writing. Exactly. Nothing worse than one of those people that are like, I'm going to write my lore. I was going to do it this weekend. I'm like, yeah, you were, eh? This weekend you were going to write. Yeah, I was totally going to write. Who did that? I would never. No, this is a hypothetical. Oh, right. No, hypothetical. Oh, hypothetically. Yeah. Christian. (laughs) I would never say that. Even now, he's going to think that I said something. I mean, (laughs) how will he ever know? Edit that out. He's he's got a weird cough right now because of that. He's he's sneezing. Someone's talking about it. Ears are burning. That's right. Okay, well, let's uh, get right in. Who who's taking the first one? Yeah, I'm going to read the first one. Okay, perfect. Nice. Okay, here we go. Reading voice. Uh, Eric gave me a tutoring lesson the other day. He said, "Remember to read slowly." So here we go. Yeah, pace yourself. The revenge Great of the hive pacing. mind. <laughs> Just absorb The revenge all. of the hive mind. The hive mind of the Tyranid sat pondering, while at the same time ravaging galaxies, 
one small galaxy pushed into its attention more than others. The inhabitants of it called it the Milky Way. One small group within this tiny galaxy was causing problems than most. They call themselves the Imperium of Man, and they, their active leader is Name Rebuk Gilliman. You're right, Eric. This one's fun one. His second in command. Here, here's the thing I always think about. Okay. Is real quick side note. Yeah. We have listeners from all around the world. I just imagine this guy wrote this in his second language, and that's oh, it might even possible. be third or fourth. Yeah. And that's better than me by far. It, that's a thing. So okay. while there's a couple typos, I'm gonna give it to this guy. Yes. Anyways. We might laugh and giggle, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, anything is impressive. I want you guys to know. <laughs> okay. That. Um, there's a lot of blue squiggly lines and red ones. Okay, his <laughs> second in command is Marinius Calgar, who personally stopped a previous attempt to consume the Ultimar Segmentum and their personal army. While he was inact, it while he was inactive, it caused a great devour endless problems. The destroyed one of the hive fleets that was like a human hand to the hive mind. This force was called the Ultramarines, and they were stronger humans. And in a recent encounter, got even stronger. The hive mind believed that it would be well on its way to devouring this galaxy if the Imperium of Man, and more importantly, the Ultramarines, were no more. So the hive mind made a plan. It created a gene stealer who was significantly modified. Instead of its primary goal to use the gene stealer cult to hunt Ultramarines, and more specifically, or more specifically, the elimination of the individual individual known as Reboot. The planet that was chosen was on the border of Ultramar. Another recently under or retaken and absorbed gene stereo cult gave the hive mind information on the recently taken rogue trader going that way. At the same time nearby, a splinter fleet was putting into hibernation nearby, prepared to reinforce the gene stereo cult that would emerge to defeat the Ultramarines. On the first world this cult inhabited, there was an Imperial Bastion. It was first built by the Imperial Guard, but when orcs invaded, the Imperial Guard lost it to the Dark Angels, who came to help. Later on, the Inquisition later on in the Inquisition thought that this bastion was maybe infested with <laughs> heretic Dark Angels, Dark Angels that have turned to chaos as so they believed. This bastion then came a great became a Grey Knight outpost after they cleansed the bastion of heretic Astartes. Finally, the cult discovered this now secret bastion they secretly killed those in the bastion by flooding it with poison so that these silver space marines would discover the gene stealer cult though they weren't ultramarines they were still space marines and the patriarch commanded it as the infestation of the gene stealer cult continued the hive mind of the tyranid decided to help supply its minions on their mission to crush the ultramarines and their primarch one of the hive fleets have come across the an orc rock and diverted it to the nameless planet of the gene stealer cult that has the infestation. Because of the battle, a great bane blade was called in to help defend the planet, but not a single ultramarine. But the brood but the brood brothers were able to steal the Imperium's most deadly type of tank. This orc's infestation also brought an Imperial knight. When the knight was going for a drink, a couple of brood brothers took him down the street in an unsavory area of town where they brought him to, Mag- to the Magnus under the guise of taking him to the bar, to a better bar. The cult hackers, with the help of the Imperial Knight's operator force, the new mind changed on the operator to be acceptable. This freeblade joined the cult and vowed the death of Boot and his ultramarines 
all as a hive mind has planned. Hmm. How the cult got the greatest weapons is an interesting story within itself. There was a brood brother who got in, in a command position in the local planetary force. During the orc attack, Death Strike launcher with assorted weapons of mass destruction was stored at his base. Using his authorization, he had gotten the cult into the facility and they grabbed the Death Strike and the various missiles it came with. The cult hackers were able to alter the records and even the videotape. They made it look like the orcs did it. The Brew Brothers accepted being executed so the cult can achieve its purpose. The hive mind thought about these things and how it would uh, finally taste McCraig. Uh, how it would consume the Ultramarines who had been standing in its way for so long. Who were also so easy to predict into a trap. Though some of these things it would learn later, it was pleased with itself in using a Genestar cult too and the high fleet to do it what the high fleet couldn't do on its own hmm its last thought on the subject before thinking of other things was ultramar's mine so eric you you talked to me earlier about the oreo sandwich give it to me <laughs> okay i actually have a couple things um too. <clears throat> before we actually get into it i want to kind of go over the story itself and kind of paint um, a simpler picture of what's happening. So you have the perspective of the hive mind. Yeah. And it had tasted defeat at the hands of the ultramarines in mm -hmm. the Milky Way. And I like that. Um, so one of the good things about this is he or so this is written by Daniel. Yeah. And Daniel shared it talked about how one hive fleet was like a hand to the hive mind. Mm -hmm. It's uh he really tries to show that the hive mind is an extra galactic presence. Yeah, yeah. And that what we are experiencing in terms of the high fleet invasions is actually very small. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah, small part of like a larger organism. Yeah, and, and I like that aspect of it. The the idea of the hive mind having a kind of a personality and some yeah. kind of self-awareness i'm not entirely certain i subscribe to that that being said it's hard to write like yeah you guys even said it before it's like how do you write something that is extraterrestrial like, how do you write an eldar like they yeah. they're so far above what we so yes. you humanize it as best you can to give it some how to, to make it relatable yes yeah. exactly so you can understand it otherwise yeah. it's like click, 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 yeah exactly <laughs> so so what maybe i don't agree with everything i do like the um the gripe against the ultramarines yeah. I, I actually do like that there are instances of high fleets seeming to abandon more um efficient targets or yeah. Yeah, yeah like or or things that would offer more resources just because they want to kill and eat a specific thing that maybe offered them resistance or offended them or whatever. So there are examples of that. And I don't mind that that he it, does this. It does make yeah. sense, too, though. If you're hive mind and you've been defeated by a particularly strong opponent, you're like, oh, that genetic material. Gonna Got get that. Exactly. Yeah, sure. you even see value in actually going and hunting it out. So yeah. Yeah. I do like that. Um, it, it feels a little like... Do you remember when we did our... Um, it must have been a black crusade episode and it was like and then this oh, happened yeah. and then this happened it kind of felt a little bit like that in the middle section where he was talking about like why would an imperial knight why would a single imperial knight show up why yeah. why would a single bane blade show up why would the hive mind use an orc rock yeah you know yeah. like i understand yeah. that it, it i think this guy is trying to show that the hive mind is be like using 
it's like the whole everyone else is playing checkers, but this person's playing chess. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. like maybe the hive mind is showing how crazy smart it is by using all these other things. Yeah, I pulling just, the strings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. Being like some kind of puppet master or whatever. I also thought maybe he was trying to get the way I saw it too was like it was a an attempt to show the hive mind's ability to like multitask. It was like because like you would think if someone was doing it, it would just be like okay. So I've got to do this, and then this, mm-hmm. and then this, and then this. But he's like, the hive mind's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this all at the same time. So that was why I felt it was like he was doing it in short little snippets to be like, hmm, to show a passage of time for the hive mind is nothing. So that's why he was like, bam, 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 sure. bam. That's okay. good perspective to gain for sure. Because, sure. yeah, the hive mind is definitely operating on a level that we can't even begin to like play its long game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like uh, it might as well be playing the great game for in how complex it yeah, is yeah. and everything that it's doing but yeah. so i like the size of the hive mind i liked its more extra galactic perspective um i don't like how it's more of like a singular entity in this it feels like it has a personality yeah that you could and a character that you could like define and categorize yeah um, and it's but in that's one, just one I think, spot yeah i think that's more thing. of a personal preference yeah. for me yeah but I mean, in all honesty, too, they they never define what the hive mind is. Yeah, so it's, it's not like it's true. Yeah. That's very true. Um, the crazy thing was, so there are. It, okay, clarify for me this. Did they poison space marines? I wasn't sure on that point. I yeah, yeah, they, they po- okay, poisoned space, a bunch of gray knights. So not only are space <laughs> marines immune to poison. First of all, how dare you? Second of all, you're wrong. <laughs> right, but this is that I read somewhere once. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I read somewhere once. <laughs> so yeah, space marines are, um, for the most part, immune to poisons. I would love if you had put in there that they used a very specifically genetically modified poison. Hmm. And, I and, will say this: hmm. nerding. So me being the book that I was sure. um, there whore. is the very first Dark Angels book yeah. they use uh, the um, what's it Cypher yeah. poisons this outpost on this one planet but it fills it with the Death Eater uh, oh, virus okay. yeah. mm. and so what happens is they trick them into going back to this place Yeah. and these guys go in and they lock the door behind them and blow the panel up <laughs> so they can't get out but then they're like if we open this we're going to kill everyone on this planet and so maybe that was Death Eater? It's, <laughs> I know there are some viruses out there that can affect uh, space marines, yeah. especially ones that are warp-borne. Yeah. They have, like, a way higher infection rate. Sure. Um, but, yeah. yeah. But that could happen, but whatever. Of course, it could happen. Yes. Now you're just nitpicking. Yeah, I am, but. and I'm going to nitpick an Imperial Knight as well. <laughs> Don't you dare, because that's the best part about the story. The but, fact that this Imperial Knight gets drunk? taken in by a coven and then gets mind wiped to become a Freemblade and join with <laughs> Imperial cultists? No, I just like that there is a knight. Ah, right. You just <laughs> yeah. like the presence <laughs> of knights. Not even really there. Just mentioned, side, yeah. side note, there's a knight over there. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Someone, it's just a buzzword. That, it that... was really written for me. This <laughs> I, I was going to say that because you do love your knights. <laughs> it's very tailored yeah. for me. Um, but overall, I like this kind of perspective that you get. It's It feels very... Um, from the perspective of the Tyranids, which is cool, because it doesn't it doesn't feel like a human wrote this battle like log or anything. It literally felt like the hive mind is keeping track of everything that's happening and moving pieces that no one else was thinking of. So I, I did like that. Yeah, it should have been written as a Tyranid, just clicks and clacks and yeah. across the screen, just <laughs> like that one. You were saying, oh, we should do one for like the the Mechanicum, which is zeros and ones across the zero zero one zero one zero zero one. Do an entire episode in binary. 
Um, what do you think, Mark? I honestly don't know what to make of that whole situation. Um, thank you for sending it in. <laughs> I, pre- I I don't know. Um, good on you, man. Who knows? I don't know. I like Keep the, writing is all I can I say, I like the honestly. mention of the Bane Blade. I think that's cool. Yeah. But I also think that... Um, I think you might be missing some perspective there. They're not going to send just a single Bane blade mm-hmm. at someone. They're going to send a Bane, Bane blade surrounded by <laughs> Lehman Russes, which are surrounded by even more guardsmen. Meat, meat shields. Right, meat exactly. Shield. So I think that um, you can... And it, it definitely feels like... Because they, they constantly talk about how no Ultramarines kept showing up. Yeah. So it sounds like the hive mind was trying to bait Ultramarines, and the whole purpose was to try and fight them. Um, which I, I again liked. I, I like mm-hmm. that continuous. Like I want to fight Ultramarines specifically. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you can. I think it was cool. It's a cool idea. Oh yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I just I, I will say the last part. I kind of enjoyed the last part because my mind. I'm playing it out in my mind as like that like omniscient view of the galaxy and like you see the like the hive mind. It pulls back from like the the one planet. Kind of pulls mm. back out into like the I don't know. The, Space between sitting. The void. Yeah, the, yeah, the void between while he's sitting in his chair. Yeah. And <laughs> in front like, of a fire. Yeah, yeah, in front of a fire, and it just kind of fades away, and it just kind of is like, Ultramar is mine. And so, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was kind of a neat ending. Yeah, I enjoyed it was, that. It was pretty... It had some nice cinematic and thematic tones to uh, it, I think. Yeah. I think if you fleshed it out, where he added a little bit more about the Gene Steeler cults and how they got around to things, I think that then would make this better, because he could have talked about how, oh, the Bane Blade was redirected... And like, got there by itself accidentally because of sure. like the hive mind used a warp storm or used like the thing to send the other fleets into different directions. I mean that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if you want to have just the bane blade by itself, show some kind of manipulation yeah. of of like show the hive mind manipulating things so the a uh, single bane blade yeah. shows up because that's weird. Yeah. yeah, the gene stealer cult that's infiltrated the the imperium uh the imperium was like, "Oh, well, hey, I need you to send this one." And the guys like, "Okay." And he just yeah, randomly sends yeah. like the wrong. Show show how much this gene stealer cult is actually infiltrating everything to like achieve your purposes. I think that could be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else then? That's a, that's all I got from from this side of the table. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how he, uh, like it says, he created different gene series that are slightly modified and told how he kind of, how they're slightly different. Hmm. Um, yeah, like what what's actually different yeah, about like these Yeah, like I, I wonder what makes it, yeah. Are, are they really good at killing space marines because they have extra tough diamond claws? I would like to hear a little details why. It seems like there's just a splattering ideas with no actual follow-up mm-hmm. to any of them, but... I think there's a there's a lot of threads that could really come together. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's the way she. Is. You got good bones. You got yeah. Good I bones. was gonna say there's there's good bones, not a lot of meat on them all. Yeah, Tro- Rogue Trader showed up once, and then you would never hear about it again. Yeah, and you like don't a- you don't understand the consequences of why this Rogue Trader was here. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, you got good bones. Yep. Okay. Um, do you want to read the next one? I think I will. I, I think I can grab this one. Let's see okay. how okay. badly I can butcher it. <laughs> so this is written to us by Magnus the Red. Mm-hmm. Was that the artist? Okay. Oh, yeah. ooh. That was the email, so. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I don't know. This Magnus is... himself. Magnus himself. Yeah. The great, the great manipulator. I love it. <laughs> okay, let's see. Magnus the Red. In the far reaches of the Imperial space on a dusty abandoned planet called Calither? Caliga? 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 Caliga 4. A lone fortress stands. This is the the home of the 
Hunt Vigilant, a Dark Angel successor chapter. The Hunt Vigil- Vigilance? Vigilant? Uh, so the chapter is called The Hunt Vigilant? The Hunt Vigilant, okay. Yeah. Chose this secluded planet to hide their dark and mysterious rituals. They rarely communicated with the wide Imperial and preferred to keep to themselves until they were called upon in times of dire need. They even go as far as to only communicate with their parent chapter and other unforgiven in the large battles or when following the trials of the fallen angels. I was just going to say fallen. I love that. Just saying the fallen. (laughs) Due to the secret nature of the chapter, the general public knew little of them. This leads to the Inquisition and the Inquisitor. This leads to the Inquisitor and the Inquisition to view them with mild suspicion. The planet Kalhar... Four. <laughs> I will. I, I will, like it. I, I like will butcher it. it constantly, so I'm sorry. The planet Kalhar Four is an arid, desolate desert. The single yellow sun beats down upon the red, cracked planet. Ancient ruins of an unknown civilization dot the landscape, and the tips of ancient statues poke out of the sand. Most of the chapter's organization operates underground to avoid the giant worms and sandstorms that plague the surface above. The chapters specialize in a wide array of combat although they prefer to attack from long range and then swoop in to decimate the survivors. As their home planet is uninhabited, the hunter, the hunt vigilant send recruiting parties out to the stars looking for suitable humans to recruit. Recruit. The hunter vigilant have silver armor with their left arm colored in a green of their parent chapter. Colored markings on the helmet indicate rank, with sergeants having green stripes, lieutenants having red stripes over a green stripe. Veterans have a red stripe and the honor guard have a red helmet. The first company of the chapter the first company and chapter master wear green painted armor signaling their intra, intra, indoctrina, uh, induction into the chapter secret order. The hunters vigilant have very little non-augmented human presence in their monastery. Instead of a small human population forming menial tasks, they prefer to use modified Legio cybernetica robots instead. The chapter distrusts of outsider comes from the campaign upon a hive world where the population had been corrupted by chaos. While pacifying the population, the Imperial Guard Garrison helped the chapter denounce help. The Garrison Guard helping the chapter denounce the Emperor and turned the chapter killing almost all of the fifth company? Mm. Hmm. That's this, a loss. Yeah, that's a big loss. This resulted in the Hunter's Vigilant destroying almost all the Imperial Guards that had turned to chaos and leaving in a furious rage. I'm pretty sure I would have killed all the Guard. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, eh. oh. Nice, okay. So, um, I'm like sorry, it. right bef- before we actually yep. get into it, I, I want to share a couple things. Okay. Um, <laughs> green. Green. With red. Yeah. And green. And some more red. So, to me, it's gray. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. When they don't, when they don't let it dry, it goes gray. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm color, I'm red green color. <laughs> oh, okay. So I just had this picture of this guy. He's like, yeah, they have a green stripe gray. and then a red stripe on top gray. and then a green stripe on top of that. And I'm like, I oh, think so they have a single color of gray <laughs> yeah. on their armor. Gray. I think he wrote this to hurt you. I yeah, think he did. He knew. He was yeah. like, spike him. <laughs> Sad. Um, honestly, there's some like really cool one-liners in this and it's one of the things that i think a lot of people try and 
Like they they miss they miss how great a single one liner can be, and mm-hmm. everyone tries to expand on something when you don't necessarily have to. And I'm gonna go to one specific one. Let's see if it was the um, same one that I picked out. So one of the best things I like about it is the chapter specializes in a wide array of combat, although they prefer to attack from long range and then swoop in to decimate survivors. That's awesome. That yeah. is exactly the point that I saw. I, yeah, saw, I was too. like, I love the fact that he goes out to, like, we can do it all, but this is what we specialize yeah. in. Yeah. And then can I my build upon that? The way I see it is, like, as part of their, like, they stay below ground to stay away from the worms. But then I was like, I can just see them right now. They're, like, they're on land speeders, and I could see a dude just, like, hanging off the side, and, like, they're <laughs> hunting them too. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, why not? You got to stay sharp. Yeah, yeah right? But, like, fast and swooping. Like, so you got, the, you got like, a... I don't know, Layman Russ, and he fires at her, like, some kind of big... And then you have the, your, like, scouts learning how to, like, this sub move fast. Yeah. Fast and fast and furious. Boom. Not <laughs> like that. Don't paint your cars funny. But <laughs> I saw that, too, and I thought, yeah, that makes it awesome. I think that there... Uh, too many people try, like, you could have that line and then describe, these are all the vehicles that we use. This yeah. is exactly how we perform our tactics. And there's nothing wrong with that. In mm-hmm. fact, sometimes I even enjoy reading that more. Yeah. But there's just... There's something really nice about a little tidbit that forces me to, like, use my imagination with yeah. it. So. Yeah. Well, that that's one thing about the game is like you have these people that write these little little tidbits and you're like oh you can expand on it yeah. maybe they don't be maybe because of the sand they can't use the speeders so they yeah. have to use like the, the new outrider trikes or the new <laughs> quads that they have for space but that's a cool thing right like if quads you go, on quads quads, quads on quads, on, yeah. yeah yeah or like the baby bjorn space marine that's right like, <laughs> you know yeah uh what was something you liked about it mark um yeah, I like the planet. Uh, I like that arid desolate land with worms and stuff. And then I, I like that line you guys were talking about too. But I, I, I get this like image of like vultures and stuff. I, oh, I, okay. I always especially do... over a desert. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And they swoop in. Like I always get space marine fetishes. So like, yeah. Sorry, you. I, I like space marines that have fetishes um, for oh. things. I'm gonna. Um, clarify do you mean like the physical fetish like yeah. something you carry yeah, 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 yeah. person, or like yeah. a sexual maybe both i'm not i don't not here to say fetish what they fetish. do but right, i yes. know space wolves have a couple fetishes both yeah. material and sexual again but. i'm gonna need some <laughs> clarification <laughs> like yeah beards. no but like I, I, you mean what... like talismans and tokens yeah yeah yeah. Yes, yes, yeah yeah just for people who maybe haven't heard that <laughs> word fetish i like to call it maybe space accoutrement Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Some okay. paraphernalia. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah. So you have this image of them. Yeah, like with yeah. their tactic, like the swooping in. They like wait till something. They're not going to go in until they've already fucking blasted or somebody else has already dealt with it. Exactly. And they swoop in and kind of pick up like the scragglers, just like yeah. how vultures go for carry in, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there's, I think, I like the. So even if there was a. Wow, I'm word vomiting here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got it out. Uh, so you have like those people, like the vulture aspect of it. Yeah. But then I imagine like the serpent aspect of ah. it, like strike like a serpent. Uh, yeah. So they carry maybe like old snake skins that they found mm. in the desert or whatever, and they act differently. So I think yeah. like I love obviously the more customization that you do, yeah. the mm-hmm. better. So I, yeah, yeah. I just like uh, I think you could come up with like really cool culture for this planet. I'd yeah. like to see more about it. Um, At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Let's talk about the fact that it is a Dark Angel successor, first yeah. of all. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple of lines in here that I don't have problems with, but I have some trouble. So maybe sure. you guys can help me. Okay. Uh, one of them is... Due to the secret nature of the chapter, the general public knows little of them. Yeah. This leads to inquisitors and the Inquisition to view them with mild suspicion. Just mild. You know. Yeah. So the Dark Angels, first of all, correct me if I'm wrong, are just automatically viewed with (laughs) great suspicion. suspicion. (laughs) Those guys wear a lot of robes. Yeah. (laughs) What are they hiding under those robes, you know? Um, Secrets, probably. The whole secret secret chapter, to me, I like it, but... And I know this is just me, and it's just me being a fanboy. I only like it with the Grey Knights. <laughs> Almost anyone else trying to hide complete like mm. knowledge of their chapter, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I it does it doesn't do it for me. You know, I would see a danger in that in this universe because you'd be like, oh well, who are those silver guys with green or gray? Um, but yeah, like, for me, they are great. <laughs> yeah, but like you would see them, like, That's why you like you, nice. blood angels show up, and they're like, I know they don't, they don't interact with a lot of other space marine chapters, but like you'd see them at random, like, are you, are you good? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, what happens when um, a kill team, like a little advanced team of these hunt vigilant show up on a planet and there's like a space wolves company already there and they run into each other and the space wolves are like well i've never fucking heard of you yeah (laughs) and they're like no 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 i swear we're loyalists and they're like are you though because i can't find records of you in here (laughs) so maybe you're a chaos thing so yeah i think people can no bro no spikes yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think who I think you need to engage a little more of what it actually means to hide who you are. Because if you truly want to hide, then you need to be hidden. Yeah. Sure. And you need to never engage anything unless it's secret and you know you're going to be able to hide your secret. Yeah. You know, you could never engage a space like with a Space Wolves company yeah. because they'll literally be like, let's see it. You know, like, let, where's your proof that you're actually like a... A loyalist, right? So same yeah. with Imperial Fist or Black Templar. Oh, God, like, yeah. Show me that you're, like, righteous and pure. And... <laughs> the first sector they see, and you're all dead. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right? So I, it's not that I don't like it. I just know it doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my single thing so far. <laughs> that is your that's cream? Okay. That's my Oreo? cream. That's okay. my cream in the Oreo. Yeah, I, the cream's the good part, though. This is all weird. This you're analogy. you're wrong, man. <laughs> you're wrong, yeah, you're, Mark. Yeah. It's okay. a sandwich of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Other than yeah, I like everything. The other thing, the fact that they like says things with space marines, I find is like they they never do anything like half asked. So the fact that they're like they put their full ass, they on. put full, the both cheeks in. Yeah. The the fact that they killed like some of the like they. Every other, other than maybe the space or the space wolves, when they went to Armageddon and like their the grand were going to kill off all the guardsmen, yeah, most of the other space marines wouldn't, wouldn't care except for maybe the salamanders, yeah. right? Like, I, I agree with you on that one. I think that people don't. I think space marines are much more bloodthirsty in how they like deal with what are true problems, especially chaos. Yeah, yeah, right. They're very like, no, we don't. We we're not gonna, yeah exactly like they, they we're not drop, even gonna drop risk pods it. into hive cities you know yeah they don't give a shit about yeah, destroying yeah. so much yeah well like, even people they they have yeah. they have no care for collateral damage yeah, yeah. oh yeah like yeah. there's so many stories about that where it's just like a space marine they're like one of the 30k books the only person ever cares about any person was vulcan like that's the only time that you ever see anything where they, they go out of their way to make sure someone is safe yeah sure and like 
Or to like, let's look at where I'm firing because there <laughs> might be a human behind it. Or ah, yeah. well, yeah. minor details. Yeah, yeah, well, but that's the thing. But other than that, like, it was, you know. I agree. I, I definitely think a Space Marine Purge could fit really nice in here, especially because they like to keep their chapter secret. Yeah. Right? Like, what are you going to do when all of a sudden that regiment gets back and be like, hey, our um, little a little bit of us killed some space marines and then they killed us. But we actually have no idea who that chapter was. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of so, showed up and helped and then killed it. But We're here's just... what they look like. <laughs> so yeah. FYI. Yeah, that's I, nice. I like the simplistic view of the markings. It's mm-hmm. very clear. You could probably paint one of these yourself, sure. which is really neat. Yeah. yeah. They're very recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I would say, I would love to see some models. Yeah, I say that. Are we gonna probably... mention the uh, Legio Cybernetica that he has? Oh my that, god, how did yeah. that skip me? Okay, yeah, so instead of the small human population performing menial tasks, they prefer to use modified Legio Cybernetica robots. Yeah, so they really don't like outsiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the Black Templars. They have like their their failed initiates. They turn them into. I don't. 100% remember like this is off the top of my head, but I remember there are certain some of their recruits get turned into. Um, cybernetica like slaves like oh yeah yeah. so that's actually I think that's pretty common across most chapters is that you know especially because at the very least they're indoctrinated into the chapter rituals itself so it helps when your surf you know is just a failed space marine yeah Yeah. that would suck to be that person oh yes you're gonna come and be a space marine with us yes go to that room over there and get lamotabized is that how it happens oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) it's gonna be great it's gonna be awesome you're gonna love it yeah if you remember uh yeah yeah, no, the Legio Cybernetica. So that definitely tells me, though, that they have a good relation with the Adeptus Mechanicus. Mm-hmm. Sure, they must. They'd have to. Yeah, yeah. So whether that means a lot of they have like a high presence of tech marines and they get trained a lot or whether there's, you know, a forge world actually close by and there's yeah. just tech priests that are with them. Yeah. Because they it, it does say they like very little non-augmented human presence so that maybe that means augmented humans are okay yeah so maybe they're okay with a couple tech priests cool yeah. with the iron hands they're like hey yeah you bros yeah we like it exactly yeah yeah um the hunt vigilant the hunt vigilant yeah. sorry for brutalizing your name it's just that's life don't it even is. don't apologize we don't oh, i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> Roll one of Lorehammer. We don't apologize. No. Or you don't apologize. I'm a guest. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I uh, I like it. Yeah. There's some stuff there. Uh, it's quick. It's easy. And it gives you the information mm-hmm. you want to know. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I agree. I agree. Okay. Anything else before we move on? I'm yeah. good. Yeah. All right. And so we come to the final... Wait a minute. Story. So this story is by Eric now. It is a Necron story. I could have sworn I had a different story here. Isn't that funny? Suspicious Aloysius, I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say this is not me. Uh, I did not write this. Oh, It's yeah. a different Eric. Why are you winking? <laughs> I didn't write Both it. eyes. <laughs> That's blinking. Are you having a stroke? Uh, it actually isn't my story. Uh, so it's written by Eric, and it's definitely about Necron. Here we go. Warning, it is time to awaken Overlord. Warning, you are running out of time. Warning, they are coming and they are angry. Warning, I have released the stasis pods and begin to awaken your subjects. Reinforcements are on their way, but you must rise, Overlord. Lead your people or all will be lost. Raisin feels around as the beginning shapes form as his vision comes online. 
First the chamber surrounding him that has been keeping him safe since the beginning of the great sleep, then the corridor beyond. As he reaches his metallic hand out of his pod, opens as he reaches his metallic hand out, his pod opens with a loud hiss, followed by the alarm's constant warning. How long has it been, my king? Silence. My king? Small clicks against metal begin to get closer and louder, as small insect-like robots swarm down the hall and onto the pod's surrounding raisins. Each bug clicks into the pod like a key, and one by one the pods begin to power on and glow an emerald green. The air is filled with hisses as each pod opens, awakening another metallic skeleton after another, as Ryzen pulls himself out of his stasis pod. Overlord Ryzen, it, is it time? Has the great sleep finally ended? Ryzen turns to see his best friend and closest ally emerge from the pod next to him. I believe so, Lord Karam, but with the sound of things we aren't out of trouble yet. Awaken the warriors and get them battle ready, then meet me in the Pharaon's chambers. Karam bows his head slightly in acknowledgement and heads down the corridor, weaving in between scarabs looking for their corresponding stasis pod to unlock. Slowly awakening Necron troops and winding corridors, Raisin finds himself before a large, intricate golden door with three wide claw marks carved into it. Brushing his hand down the sigil inlaid on the door, it sputters with glowing green energy two times before finally roaring to life and slides open, revealing a room filled with ornate weapons, armors of different styles and colors, riches that one could only dream of obtaining. A row of five stasis pods against one wall, their inhabitants' needs heads ripped apart without the pods having any indication of damage, and a single golden stasis pod in the center, shattered to pieces. <gasps> Raisin races to the pods and discovers the crumpled remains of his leader at the bottom of the pod, body ripped to shreds and covered in a slickly green bile that is slowly sizzling and eating away at the pharaoh's body. Must be orcs. <laughs> oh. What could have done? A voice booms through Raisin's head. What are you? Not food? No, your bodies do not feed my brethren, yet you walk around like food. A loud screeching rings through Raisin's head, forcing him to one knee, clutching his head from the severe pain. A red blur flashes into vision as he is thrown backwards into the opposite wall. Raisin stares in utter disbelief at the creature that is slowly materializing in front of him. There before him stands a large, multi-spined, reptilian creature with giant mantis-like claws, barbed flesh hooks, and the same green bile dripping from its razor-sharp teeth. Fumbling around, Raisin grabs at anything that looks like it would help until his hands grasp a long, dark blue and black cloak. In the same moment, the creature rears back and slashes out just as Raisin blinks out of existence. Raisin looks around the space he is in with astonishment. Everything around him is swimming in blues and purples, crimson reds and hunter greens. He is no longer in the pharaoh's chambers, but some sort of long corridor of constant swirling dark colors. Holding the cloak in his hands, he notices there is a faint green glow to the garment. That is a very special item you have there, Overlord. Or should I say, Pharon. My king, what is going on? What is this item? What was that thing that attacked us? Where am I? There is little time. Your people are still in great danger, even as we speak. You are in a pocket void, created by the artifact in your hand. It is called the Veil of Darkness. 
It allows you to travel to a pocket void and then take you to another location nearby when you wish. The creature is known as a lictor of the Tyranid race, and he is but a scout compared to the swarm on its way to your planet now. Place the cloak upon your shoulders and will yourself to your troops. They need you now more than ever. My king, where are you? Silence. I see why they call you the Silent King. <sighs> Raisin drapes the cloak over his shoulders and clasps it in place, looking around one more time at all the colors. He closes his eyes and blinks back into reality. The room surrounding him is filled with different type of Necron shoulder soldiers, from basic warriors with their standard rifles to sleek and stealthy death marks with their sniper rifles. Immortals with their destructive Tesla carbines, to the Lich Guard with their hyperface swords and dispersion shields. Raisin looks out at his slowly reawakening army and feels a twinge of pride in his cold robotic frame. With his appearance, all the soldiers take momentary aim before all arms come to rest at their sides and each Necron throughout the room takes a knee in the presence of the new Pharaon. They are ready for your command. Now, all you need is your weapon. Karim walks up to Raisin, carrying a long, black, and red scythe, pulsing with green energy. As Raisin takes the scythe, his whole body glows with a green hue. Karim pulls out a small orb with green power swirling through it and hands it to Raisin. The Void Scythe and the Resurrection Orb! Karim turns to the rest of the troops. The final pieces needed to solidify our new Pharon, Raisin the Voidwalker, as Pharon of the Inaros Dynasty! Raisin raises the scythe above his head as the room fills with cheer, then brings the end down onto the floor with a commanding clank. We do not have time to stand on ceremony. We have been awoken as we are under siege. Our tomb world has been invaded by creatures of immense power and ferocity. Reinforcements are on their way, but we must hold out until they get here. Now go. If it is not Necron, destroy it. With a resounding cry, the troops push from the room or rush from the room. Moments later, the sound of battle erupts. Karim stands next to Raisin with an ornate staff that glows a light green hue at the head of the blade. What will you have me do, Pharon? Join the troops. If they fall, get them back up. But keep yourself safe as well. We aren't here for heroics. If what I faced earlier was just a scout for them, I hope reinforcements get here soon. Karim nods and races for the door after the troops. A team of five lich guards stand against the wall, just staring at Raisin, sword and shield at the ready. You all come with me. Do you have guns or just your shields? The lich guards slam their swords into their shields in unison. All right, come to me and be ready for anything. The lich guard pile in around Raisin as he closes his eyes. One moment they are in the room. The next they are standing on top of a monolith, overlooking the battle raging below. A sea of glowing green necrons firing in every direction against creatures of all different shapes and sizes, some the size of a necron, some the size of buildings. Out of the corner of Raisin's eye, he sees the first Lich Guard fall, then another. A third is thrown from the roof as he turns to see the last two are already dead at the hands of the Lictor, as it stares at him and lets out a deep hiss. You got away once. That will not happen again. The Lictor lunges at Raisin with amazing speed, but the Void Scythe is already there to stop the blow. Pushing the Lictor off, Raisin swings with the Scythe. 
with such ease that it almost feels weightless. Each slash of the lictor's claws is met with a block from the scythe, and another deep gash through its torso. Spinning the scythe in his hand, Raisin attempts to finish the lictor off, just as its claw slaps the scythe from his hand, throwing it across the monolith, sliding right before the edge. Raisin looks from the scythe to the lictor and back. The lictor lunges for Raisin as he ducks under and rolls toward the scythe. Grabbing it, he turns just in time to see the lictor jumping at him again. And with quick thinking, Raisin blinks from existence, causing the lictor to fly off the monolith and head for the ground below. Raisin re reappears right behind the lictor as they are both falling straight for the planet below. Swinging the scythe, he embeds the blade through the skull of the lictor just as they hit solid ground killing the lictor instantly and snapping Raisin's legs as he rolls off his freshly killed enemy. Nursing his leg, he quickly surveys around him for potential threats, and not seeing anything too imminent, he focuses on his leg until a glow washes over, and slowly his leg comes back together and repairs itself. Raisin uses the scythe to stand up, and in one quick mov movement cleaves the head from the small reptilian creature with razor-sharp talons that had jumped at him. The ground shakes as two planes rush by and drop bombs across the battlefield, blowing up Necron and Tyranid forces alike. Some Necrons rebuild themselves and get right back into the fight. Those too damaged to continue just become obstacles for their brethren to climb over, while the Tyranids lie in pools of their own blood and gore. Dozens of crescent moon-shaped ships appear overhead, the beautiful reds and golds shining like a beacon of saving light, some destroying everything in their wake with large mounted cannons on the undercarriage, others hovering over strategic locations, dropping troops out of the bottom of self-contained portals. It was the Sotek dynasty, and reinforcements had arrived. Is that, isn't that your... no. What's your dynasty called, Eric? Not this. Not What's this. Your... That's a horrible name. My my dynasty is the Nekhabet. Oh, this is the bad. this is the Inaros oh, yeah. dynasty. Oh yeah. You have the you have the cranky old man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> sitting on his own. Ah, you're making me mad. Yeah. Um. Let's Sotek talk about... is the main one then. Sotek is Imotex. Oh okay. Okay. Yes. Cesarecon this... is the main one. Okay. Well, the now the main one. Whatever. Let's let's go through it. Let's unpack um, it. Yeah, that was cool. I liked. A lot of it, it was way too human, but it read really yes. nice. It felt really cool. Like, I just kept on imagining that this wasn't 40K and just, like, an Egyptian fairy tale type thing. Yeah. Yeah, with magics. With magic. Right, like, yeah, Like, then yeah. it was perfect. Like, the whole nursing the leg and they feel pain. The pain thing but... was a pretty big yeah. thing. Yeah, the way they moved, too, is, like, almost too... Like, they moved too organic. Like, he's rolling. Like, I don't imagine yeah. Necron no? being, like... I don't know. Like, maybe some of the, like... He is a pharaoh. Yes. Let's be honest. I more think like they don't care. Like they're like these metal like pharaohs. They can regenerate. Like they get shot. Their arm falls off. They laugh it off as it rebuilds. You know. I, I more view that as like a personal twist. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's, some yeah. some might just literally walk yeah. and just let things blow yeah. them to bits as they regenerate and laugh in the yeah. face of danger. Um. Some like for for some it might be a matter of pride. Like yeah. I'm never hit or anything. Mm -hmm. So I guess. But I do. Yeah. I do definitely get that human yeah. human feeling human. from yes. it when I read yeah. it. Um, it's close. It's really close to capturing so close. Like, a Necron, I think. Yeah. 
And every so often you'd read uh, the the main character's name, and I'd be like, "Why is he saying raisin?" raisin? Okay, all I could hear in my own head was raisin. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't know how. Uh, maybe it's not supposed to be pronounced that way. Yeah, but well, raisin and Karen. Uh, that's all. I, every time you was like, "Oh, we've got a Karen in this in this room." <laughs> but no, I I enjoyed it too. Like I liked how I like the concept because there's at one point where he goes into the the your Pharaoh's tomb. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, I've got to wake him up." Yeah, let's let's. Take a look at what was actually in there. That's what got me. Like, I like the idea how he walks in there. And it's like... A bunch of pods, like five pods. five stasis pods against one wall. Their inhabitants' heads ripped apart without the pods having any indication of damage. Oh, so lictors, that's how they get the information is they... they, they, I think they bore into your brain and that's how they get, like... That's why they have the... um, The the tentacles. Yeah, and so I bet Uh, you he was trying to feed... I mean, and this is my... Well, he does talk about how you are not food, yeah. so he clearly tried to eat them too. Yeah, so that's the, that's what I, I now that I see it. Like I was like, oh yeah, like they have like the that's how they feed. So I, I was wondering if he was going from like ah, well, clearly I have no brains. <laughs> Rip that one off. Oh, go to the next one. No, yeah, nothing yeah. in that one. Maybe the one that's in that golden one over there might have. But something. I, I think part of it also was because um, he said that. Da, 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 without the pods having any indication of damage. So I think he's also trying to show how smart the Lictor is. Yeah, yeah. And it, it actually it manipulated it. Necron technology. Yeah. I'm not sure I fully <laughs> agree with that. Yeah. It's yeah. supposed to be, Necron tech is supposed to be pretty beyond comprehension. Yeah. Um, but, Who whatever. Knows, maybe it is just a button on the outside. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Who knows? Um, um, and the idea of this single golden stasis pod in the center. Yeah. Interesting. I'm assuming, based on this, that this is supposed to be Cesaric's tomb? Because I don't get the Silent King reference. Because Cesaric never I thought went he to sleep. Called, I thought he... Oh, I don't know. I, don't I thought he, he called for the Silent King for backup or whatever. Yeah, okay. That guy was just his pharaoh. He was just an overlord. So here's... So Raisin is in this room. He yeah. goes and sees this golden pod in the five, and then yeah. he sees this lictor, and this lictor's coming to attack him. He yeah. touches the vo- the veil of darkness and yeah. gets transported, and oh. then he gets this voice in his head. Yeah. So the voice in his head says, that is a very special item you have there, Overlord, or should I say Pharon? And then Raisin answers back, oh, my king, what is going on? So yeah. he calls him a king, whatever this voice is. Mm-hmm. I see why they call you silent. Yeah, and so then the voice says, there's little time. This is the veil of darkness. This is a lictor. You need to go prepare your people. And then Raisin once again says out loud, my king, where are you? Yeah. The king doesn't answer. And then Raisin says, I see why they call you the Silent King. Yeah. So uh, that seems pretty obvious to me that he's actually referring to the Silent King. I just don't quite understand if that's supposed to be who was in the Golden Pod. Because Cesaric. I I thought that at first, too. I was like, oh, maybe he has a higher conscious, essentially. Like he's on a different plane of consciousness. And I was like, then when you describe it that way, I was like, oh, maybe he is the Silent King. Maybe he's like omnipotent and just sitting out there in like. In the ether, like the pocket dimension, the silent could, king could have that same pocket dimension, right? Of yeah. course, yeah. So, I have no idea how Necron yeah. tech works. <laughs> tech works. That's but, the beautiful thing about Warhammer. Yeah, yeah. I just, I hope that he's not alluding to the fact that the Silent King was in stasis in this golden pod because yeah. it is very well known, documented fact that the Silent King did not go to sleep. Yeah, and he has just been traveling the galaxy yeah. for sixty million years. It makes sense that he even knows about Tyranids. Yeah, because he's supposed to have encountered them in the void. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. I just I'm curious what 
uh, Eric was actually trying to say with this whole yeah, golden yeah. stasis. Plot. What were you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> Let me reach into the the consciousness of all Eric's, yeah. and I will channel <laughs> our energy. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I lost it. I uh, it happens sometimes. It's okay. the, it was the wrong frequency. Oh, okay. the yeah. wrong Eric. But um, I do think that there's a lot of really cool Necron moments in here. Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. yeah, and just even the way he describes some war gear and stuff, like and like the whole ceremony of like his crowning and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm for it. I'm for it. I like the Karam. It's pretty. Like the the friendship between the two, greatest mm. friend and ally, um, that's definitely something that uh, you actually see a lot of in new Necron publications with the oh, Infinite and the okay. Divine, hmm. um, which is really popular. And I haven't read yet. I will say that I haven't <laughs> read it either, but I'm going to because it sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think that really gives a lot of people some insight into inter Necron relations. Yeah. Um, because it first of all, there's not a lot of Necron. Stuff yeah. out there, but I think a lot of it people just assume, oh, like robots. But to actually write them with personality and character, like this raisin has some, yeah. you know, so it's uh, nice to see. Well, that is good too, because like back in the day, you would have chaos and like you'd be like, oh, he's a corn berserker. Okay, he's brain dead. Right. Or you'd have like Slanesh, like noise marines, or like just uh, Thousand Sons or. Emperor's and, children, and, and you'd be like, kind of like one dimensional. Yeah, you yeah. think they're one dimensional, but then you read about you know Lucius, and you're like, oh, exactly. he is, he's he's got a personality. Oh, yeah. Con the Betrayer, he's got a personality. He's just not like some brain dead kill count. It's the difference between making a generalization about something, and you make a generalization and say all Necron are robots. Well, yeah, sure they are, but that doesn't describe how an individual might be. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was cool. I liked it. Um, yeah, uh, there. Yeah, uh, it's against... really well well written. I really enjoyed the flow of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The only and the one thing I'm not a hundred percent liking is the fact that again, I mean, the first person did the same thing. Um, Daniel giving the the Tyranid like a personality. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, you have no food in you. You're not gonna get away this time. Be, sure. you, I just think yeah. it'd be they'd be just as they'd be even more robotic than the. T- the Necron yeah. because you'd, I'd just be like, oh, this thing is on a search is, and destroy mission or like yeah. a search back finding. I've never heard of a Lictor actually communicating. Yeah, I've never heard of that either. But like L- Lictors, like they're always described as hyper intelligent, mm-hmm. but I never once see that translate directly into, oh, now they can pierce your mind yeah. and talk with you. And another yeah. weird thing is that Necron and the warp doesn't really mix with psychic stuff. So trying huh. to communicate. Like, because the only psychic or, like, non-real power Tyranids have is, like, it it's psychic energy. Sure. Yeah. Really. And just it doesn't work with Necron very well, so. Okay, I'm going to throw this one out there. This is how okay. I would have maybe changed it slightly to make it more, like, more in line with how he's written this. I'd maybe have Raisin get attacked, and, like, he's, like, the lector grabs him and goes, like, because the the tomb, tomb guard have no they're literally just robots essentially they have very little personality it depends right? it depends on they may or they may not yeah. it depends entirely on what their pharaoh allows yeah and i would have been like oh yeah so he walks in and gets ambushed and the thing 
tries to suck his brain out, and that somehow they became psych, like maybe not psychic. Sure, there's but, a like, linking that happens in that moment when he's yeah. putting his feeders up into his like skull or something. Yeah. He touches one of like the electrical neurons, and some weird yeah. science magic happens. <laughs> magic, magic science. Yeah, right, and then yeah. like the oh, and even if it's even just like a feeling, like you could, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be actual words. Yeah, you, you say can, the exact same he's thing. Trying with, to take something from me, and then he pushes off and stumbles and touches this cloak, and boom, gone. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, that's how I would have maybe done it a little bit differently, but I, like I said, like you said, it is very well written, and like like the like the lich guard all slamming their sword. The, yeah, yeah, like that's you're a with, great moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it and would be it would be in perfect away. unison too, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I like uh, yeah. him blinking after the falling lictor. Yeah. Okay, so when he's describing it, I'm I'm picturing it obviously in my head, and you know that classic like oh, the weapon is over there and both of them are staring at it yeah. and they run for it. Like, you like you know exactly how it's going to turn out. But this actually didn't. It yeah. tricked me about how, like, they jumped over the edge and then I'm like, well, I guess he got away. And then he jumps after <laughs> him and he's like, I'm going to teleport right behind you. I, I thought it was a pretty cool moment. It is cool. It's an it action cool. movie. It's like an action scene from a yeah. movie, right? Yeah. Like For just, sure. And then he's like above him, sword through the head. And then I just I then almost bombs start dropping, American flags roll down. <laughs> Actually, I thought that was sight. happening. I was like, oh, oh, the Imperial Guard have showed up. They're bombing them. No. Yeah the the bombs. I can only assume. So he said the ground shakes as two planes rush by and drop on. I can only assume that those are Necron. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. The, the flying croissants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I thought they were too. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't see that for some. Well, reason. he just he says. He describes them as crescent moon shapes after, yeah, but yeah, then he yeah. also says these are planes. And I'm like, I don't think Necron described their supersonic air like Space. void ships oh, yeah. as planes <laughs> that don't use propulsion. They use something completely right, different that yeah. have portal technology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mark and I have talked about how um, what does it take for a Necron to take out a planet? Like, what what does their invasion look like? A single plane, one because plane. they can just use that to like teleport the their entire army <laughs> to the ground. But nice. yeah, I I really liked this. Yeah. Yeah. It, was nice. it was enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. I love I'm a sucker for any Necrons. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah, I know it's it, this is what I like about people writing these books or writing these short stories cuz like in my mind that last scene where they're dropping the bombs, I'd just see them like they're coming swooping in and because it's the Silent King as he swoops in suddenly like this hive guard or tyrant, whatever, is going to like slide this lowly little Necron and he blinks out of existence and just whoonk, into the ground and then just this bomb falls on top of him. And just because <laughs> you'd think like they see all other life forms as useless. I like I, I don't even yeah. I don't see them dropping bombs. I mean on they're not the Imperium of man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they have a little more respect they for got... their soulless robotic yeah, exactly. followers. <laughs> like you I could see the Imperial Guard doing that. I like because they always Space Marines like, oh, do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I could see them being like, yeah. You're going to try to, oh, gone, yeah. blink, oh, boop, 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 and then just bombs everywhere. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, then it wouldn't be very good. It wouldn't have the same feel to it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but I uh, I like this. I also like that it was the Sotek dynasty that shows up mm. and not the Cesarican dynasty. Sure. It only makes me more questioning of what the heck was in that golden stasis yeah. pod. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Give me some questions. And why do you call him the Silent King? Yeah. 
I was reading through it and it definitely really implies that. It does. The whole time. Because even from the beginning, yeah. yeah. I agree. I think it's okay. really heavily alluding to it, but I do think, Eric, mm. you need to tell me what's going on because <laughs> I don't think that's correct. But I think a couple <laughs> changes and you can have like a really, really solid. A really oh, cool story. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm also assuming this is your army. The Isoran dynasty? Yeah. Is that what he called it? Isoran? Uh yeah. Where was that? Hmm. It was at the top, right? I sure. should just scroll up and find it. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. And the scavenger uh, hunt uh, begins. Pharaoh of the Inserino dynasty. Finally, the... Uh, it's... Oh, there we go. Inaros. Inaros. Yes. Inaros, yes. Dynasty. If that is your, you know, homebrew dynasty, I would love to see your model of yeah. Raisin and Karim. Yeah. If you could, maybe there's a Lictor on his base or something. Yeah, I don't better, know. Better be. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm like in a wheelchair because he didn't quite fix himself. <laughs> no, so like, no. The little... legs haven't fully <laughs> re- <laughs> My glowing green dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole like rolling thing is like many of those bodies are described as graceful and yeah. lithe and perfection. And while the lower ones might be like hunky girly, like worry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the, the more high, the higher rank you get, the yeah. more impressive your yeah. body is. Cause they, they've abandoned flesh for perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think their bodies are capable. Of oh yeah, stuff, yeah. Yeah. My, my reaction was more just like, it just didn't seem very necron. He shouldn't be doing it out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rolling so, out of the way. And there's like panic and pain and panic. Like, yeah. Those are things that I, yeah. I think are pretty foreign. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty foreign to space Marines too. When sure. you, when you have to write about them, which I think is hard because yeah. they're yeah. way closer to human than these are, but you give up a lot of human emotions when you're actually writing these, um, Alien species, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Even Eldar. Yeah. Writing anything alien is tough because we yeah. aren't aliens. Yeah, you humanize them as best you can. And, and yeah. Try yeah. to humanize them too much because at the end of the day, you, you got to kill gotta, the Xenos. Got to yeah. them down. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah well, yeah. thank you, Eric. Thank you, Magnus the Red. Thank you, Daniel. Yes, thank you, yep. Daniel, for sharing your stories with us. Yeah, they were great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have stories, uh, send them into lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com or reach out on our Instagram or whatever, and we can shoot you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Thank you, Steve, for joining us. Thank you for having yeah. me. No, it was a pleasure to have you. I yeah, hope you I, had a good time. I did. I, well, you have to say that because you're on the show. Yeah, well, now you've got the gun pointed at <laughs> Yeah, right. we, we have broken free. It was two <laughs> against one. Yeah, this is awkward now. Um... Well, thank you, everyone, our listeners, for joining us on this journey, and we'll see you all next week. See you later. Later days. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.